everybody, it's Dave here, and I've got Darren on my on the viewers right, and he's going to join me, and we're going to talk Vikings versus Ravens. It's time to get some football on with the old bloggers. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, your 2021 pregame show for the Vikings. Hey everybody, it's Dave and Darren again. We're welcoming Arthur, Quang, and Daniel in talking via Facebook and YouTube. Welcome to the show, guys. Darren, how is it up in the frozen north of Yellowknife, Canada? A lot better today than it was Sunday night. Why? What was it Sunday night? For me, I was watching that fucking game. <laughs> oh, you and underestimated me. Pounding my head against the uh, table. <laughs> I was I was pounding, but not my head. I was pounding these. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Maybe I should have done that, and then I could have called in sick to work the next morning. But. Well, that's one cla- good thing about being semi-retired. It doesn't matter in the next the next morning, except to get the show out, and I forgot to get the show out. Um, here it is, cold. Here we where's, are. Where's here, Daniel? Before we start this thing up. Well, while North we wait, Dakota or something like that, could be. We're talking Vikings versus Ravens. The Ravens are five and two. The Vikings are three and four. Both teams have a propensity to play to the level of their opponent. Now, if that's true, the Vikings should play well, and the Ravens should be play not so well. At least that's what we hope. Um, we shall see. Hey, Stephen, how you doing? Contain Mary. Lamar, that's going to be one of the keys in almost 70 degrees where Mary's at. That's awesome, Mary. Enjoy the beautiful day. Now, there was a few things you wanted to talk about. First one on the subject list, ooh, Quang's in Vegas, and it's 81 degrees. I liked Vegas the times I've visited yep. there. That's nice. Don't want to don't want to hear about it, Quang. Eighty-one <laughs> degrees. Um, let's see, where is it? First thing you wanted to talk about. We got about. lots of water here, though, in Yellowknife, Quang. We got lots of water. We're not gonna we're not gonna die of thirst. Take that. First thing you wanted to talk about today was Mike Zimmer versus John Harbaugh. Now, these are two of the most tenured coaches in the league. They've been around for a long time. John Harbaugh's been around longer than Zimmer has. <laughs> and uh, But John R. Harbaugh also has a bigger winning percentage and, of course, a Super Bowl ring. How much yes. better do you think John Harbaugh is winning percentage-wise than our very own Mr. Mike Zimmer? Did you look that up? I didn't look it up. I'm going to, uh, but he's uh, he's been head coach of the Ravens for 13 years, and they've made the playoffs nine of those years. So I'm th- thinking he's got a 
a considerable but not huge mm-hmm. advantage in the winning percentage category. His is uh, the Ravens. His is point six two three. Not bad. Mm-mm. Not bad at all. Whereas Mike's Zimmer's is down point five six seven. Yes, it's been. Uh, that's pretty impressive by Harbaugh. Though the Ravens, of course, are have been uh, are a very well run franchise. Uh, they were very well run against Ozzie Newsom, and since he retired uh, and his replacement, whose name I used to know, I think it's mm-hmm. Beach. Um, he's also uh, just they keep on humming along. The Ravens keep on humming along. Always a winning team. Even when they had Flacco, they still managed to to win pretty consistently. As and, you know, as I mentioned, nine playoff appearances in Harbaugh's thirteen seasons as the head coach. Thirteen seasons as a head coach in the NFL is a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, 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 something about the AFC East. I don't know. You got him and and Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. And, uh, they've been around. They've been around. I think Tomlin's been around a little bit longer as a head coach. But either way, uh, uh, so you want to be a head coach in the NFL, eh? Or assistant uh, coordinator, uh, offensive or coordinator in the NFL. Uh, great pay, crappy hours, and everybody uh, who watches, uh, who cheers for your team or watches football, thinks they know more about the the job than you, uh, <laughs> including us. But I think I think uh, you know what we've been seeing. What we've been seeing with the Vikings uh, this year and last year, and and it's pretty much a, I think a predominant theme that I'm seeing amongst Viking fans is they're not thinking too much about Mike Zimmer's um, coaching acumen these days, and they don't think much about our coordinators either. Now defensively, Mike calls the plays, and he's kind of the de facto defensive coordinator anyway. But mm-hmm. Adam Zimmer and uh, Andre Patterson are co-defensive coordinators. And if you've looked at, at their, the, the defense's track record the past two years, you'd come to the conclusion they're not very good at their job. But uh, I think that, you know, that this year's defense is much better than last year's for the Vikings. Okay, uh, you know, I'll, I'll Well, here's that, our defensive but, rankings, speaking of defense. You know, pretty fat defensive rankings for the Vikings by uh, football uh, by outsiders. The, by the analytics guys. And even yeah. PFF has a sixth. Um, first off, I, I want to address Stephen, who's kicking back at a lighthouse beach at Port Macquarie, New South Wales, Australia. We're jealous. You should send us pictures. That sounds awesome. Uh, hey, GMEC. Now, but when know. you get down to Elias and the the numbers that are racked up each week, you can see there's a huge disparity between PFF thinking we have the sixth best defense, uh, football outsiders thinking we have the fourth best defense, and then you get to the numbers and we're 19th, 20th, you know, 12th against the points. That's what bumps us up. You know, we're second in sacks. 16th in turnovers. I mean, we're basically middle of the road, aren't we? Haven't we played that way? Yes, we have. That's why we're, you know, three and four. The record says that. that we played some uh, pretty good teams, um, you know, by, by the records for, for I think the Vikings have, uh, up, up, in, up until this point, have had one of the, I think, the fifth or sixth 
been in the top five or as far as strength of schedule goes, the most difficult. But uh, getting back to the coaching end of things, I think that um, a lot of heat from last week and it's been building for a long time now on Zimmer's inability to get this team out of the funk that it's been in for two years. Keep on seeing the same mistakes happening. Uh, team never seems to be completely look like it's completely prepared to play. They'll play good for a quarter or one unit will play good for a quarter, but the other is not playing well. Then the other unit starts playing well. And then the, the, the opposite unit starts, you know, crap in the bed, uh, timeouts, clock management, all have been an issue for a while. Was there an issue again last weekend? Uh, it seems like other teams are able to, after the first drive or two, other teams are able to figure out what we do offensively mm-hmm. we don't adjust to that uh, defensively had trouble stopping the run for the past two years last week wasn't so bad but uh, i think that you know the, the 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 numbers that elliot and pollard put up were well below what they've done all year right and but they but they still i don't know there was lots of runs there where it seemed like the the cowboys got more more yardage than they should have seems like uh, we when we get and tackle a guy uh, we get pushed over. Can't ma- bring him down. It goes an extra two or three yards. You know, the line of scrimmage looks muddled up. Somehow the running back gets five or six extra yards. Uh, always that sort of thing uh, going on. You and, okay uh, back there? Got something here in the background. Yeah, there's something here in the background. Don't worry, it can't be seen. But I think, but I, there's a pretty much a, I think a, uh, I think coaching wise, if you look at Harbaugh versus Zimmer, and then. Greg Roman and Martindale, the offensive and defensive coordinators for the Rams versus Clint, you know, double K, Clint conservative, Clint conservative, Clint Kubiak. The master of the scripted plays. The absolute (laughs) dog of the rest of the game. (laughs) I think, you know, the the perception is, and is that this is, this is a coaching mismatch this week. And, with can the the Vikings offensive and defensive coaches and Zimmer overall come up with solid game plans that work that you know throw some throw the Ravens some loops see things that they aren't expecting can they have the team the details can they work those things out with the clock management with when you know timeouts when to use them when not to use them uh, when to challenge a play when not to challenge a play uh, you know when to be aggressive play, when all, not to be aggressive yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these sort of things that we've been consistently failing in this season and last season. Uh, I, I, to me, the, the, the players have to execute and play well. Sure, I mean that's where games are are going to be. I think won and lost most of the time. But if your coaches are failing, if they then they're not preparing your team properly, then that's you're going in shorthanded going into the game right. and this this coaching staff particularly with Zimmer things look so good in 2015 2016 2017 2016 a lot of injuries he didn't get the blame but these days it just seems like this is a coaching staff Zimmer is a head coach who's doesn't have the answers any longer for the problems he's being asked to solve he doesn't even know what the questions are anymore i think well and as a as a team, as a head coach, no. I think as a defense, he still generates a good defense with a, missing some key players. Uh, but 
Earlier in the week, I think it was Thursday, you had Andre Patterson give his press conference, and, they're all, and they are always a delight to listen to because Andre gets into football, gets into philosophy, explains a lot of the things that he likes to do, and he's a kind and gentle, you know, big old teddy bear type. But he says, this week, we have to play to win the game. Funny, we've heard that somewhere before. We can't play yep. to lose it. And he goes, that's where we need to change the philosophy. We've got to play to win the game. We've been screaming that for years now, since 2017. Um, and you've got to play to win. Do you think Andre went into Mike's office and said, hey, we've got to play to win, not lose? And we need to go for it this weekend. Do you th- if anybody on the team can talk to Mike, I think it's Andre. Do you think anything's going to come of that? No, because uh, that, <laughs> has anything come of that in how many seasons now? Like you said, have we been pointing out why doesn't this team put teams away? Why don't they? Why are why are they so conservative at times? Why do they play for field goals instead of touchdowns? We say that over and over and over, week after week after week. Nothing really changes, and the results aren't really changing a whole lot the past couple of years either, which is why uh, I don't expect the Vikings do. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm not expecting the, not that I'm advocating for this, but, but I'm not expecting the Vikings to like kick an onside, uh, kick it off, a surprise onside kick like the Lions did a couple of weeks ago. I'm not expecting them to try a fake punt like the Lions did a couple of weeks ago. I'm not expecting them to go for it on fourth and three when they're at, when they're at the 50, 45 yard line of the of you know at, at mm-hmm. midfield or the 40, 45 yard line of the other team or the 45 yard line from our team. Uh, but those are things that, particularly the going for it on fourth and three. Now, personnel has something to do with that, too, especially the, the the guy behind center. But the Ravens will do those things. They'll go for it on fourth and three because they're pretty confident that they can make three yards with the quarterback that they have. Last week, we, we couldn't even make a like a third and three, third and two uh, like a, a multiple times. And, yeah, there was some extenuating circumstances. Uh, K.J. Osborne dropped the pass. He should have caught. That would have been a first down and mm-hmm. might have extended one drive. You had a, a bad throw to Conklin. I don't know if he would have got the uh, for another third down play. I don't know if we would have got the first down, but it was, you know, it was possible. Bad throw by Cousins. That blew that one up. Uh, different stuff like that has been going on. And uh, the, the Vikings are just not an aggressive team. Uh, it's they don't have that kind of offensive philosophy. It, it, they don't have a head coach for that kind of philosophy, period, at least on the offensive side of things. And that's been the way it's been since he's been here in 2014, and that's the way it's going to continue to be. And unfortunately, unlike some of the other years earlier in his tenure, we don't seem to have the talent to over to play that kind of Zimmer ball and play it and win more often than not. Um, like we like what happened in 2015 and 2017, the, the Zimmer ball is not working. It's probably not going to work tomorrow. But uh, the Ravens Harbaugh ball, Lamar Jackson ball, that's that's been working pretty good the past two or three years. Okay, and that's... I expect it'll work. I expect it'll work pretty well tomorrow as well. You wanted to talk about our offense. Let's start off with uh, 
where they rank. And for the viewer, most of these numbers have gone down this week. There's very few, mm -hmm. if at all, that have gone up. There were a couple, but the majority of them have gone down after that wonderful uh, game we saw last week. Um, <laughs> but just for looking at the numbers, PFF has his 13th, roughly middle of the pack. Football Outsiders has his 14th, roughly middle of the pack. Uh, Elias, your stats-wise, has a 7th in yards, 8th in passing, 11th in rushing, and 18th in points, points being the middle of the pack. And you can show the top top 10 or near top 10 in all the production numbers except for points. And that comes down to that aggressive streak. You wanted to know, what's up with these guys? Yeah, what's so as most people on here, and we've got a pretty good crew right now, uh, lots of good conversations in the chat. Uh, Mary's uh, not happy with Zimmer, hasn't been happy with Zimmer for a few years. G Mac <laughs> also not happy with Zimmer. I'm sensing a trend here, Dave. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, first off, um, every, everybody who's following the Vikings knows that uh, Zimmer said we did it this week. We got to run the ball. We got away from running the ball. Surprise, surprise. We got away from running the ball. We got to run the ball. We got to use Cook. Blah, 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 blah. Well, that, uh, I didn't see that Zimmer said it. I saw that Clint said it. That they've no, got to get. It, it's, Zimmer said it too. Well, Clint said it. Yeah, PFT they, said it. That you know, Clint Kubiak said we've got to get Cook the ball more, and that yes, yeah. And how do you feel about that? I am. Uh, I don't know about whether he needs it more. I think uh, that. I personally think that it's a crime that Je Justin Jefferson only catches two passes in a game. Uh huh. That. That's a guy who was an all-pro last year uh, and uh, has been doing pretty well <laughs> this year, too, up until the last game. I, I think it's a crime when Adam Thielen in the Browns game only caught – was it the Browns game? I think it was the Browns game. He only caught two passes. Right. Um, it was only targeted these are like two, that many times. It's, yeah, not that, yeah, he was it's not that he only catches his two and he's targeted yeah. ten. Then, then yeah. we have an issue. But he catches two because he's targeted for two. And that's or three, yeah, or three, and that just drives yeah. you nuts. Drives me to drinking. <laughs> but there's there's got to be it now. Last week I read I think uh, Cousins was uh, pressured on almost forty percent of his dropbacks in the Dallas game. And watching the game, there was a lot of pressure on Cousins, and we know that he does not uh, react well to. A lot of pressure. That's one thing that he's always struggled with. I think that's the problem. Most not quarterbacks on the field, issue. not off the field. <laughs> so if that resulted in a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, forced him, I think, and it didn't, not on purpose, but he was trying to get the ball out, checking it down, get it to somebody who was open quickly because otherwise, uh, you know, the, the pocket was getting muddied pretty fast. Um, still, uh, when that happens, there's got to be a way <laughs> to counter it. <laughs> and to, to me, you know, the, the guys like Jefferson, guy like Justin Jefferson, 
he can probably get open at will. Trevon Diggs, pretty good cornerback, was on him a fair bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that was a, a tough task. But uh, the, the opportunities, I'm sure, were there. Uh, or they got to manufacture a way to get the opportunities there. You know, they one thing that the Vikings don't do very well. It's it's very odd. You know, the 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 that team from Wisconsin, uh, San Francisco does it with Samuel. Uh, a bunch of teams do it, but the you know the 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 wide receiver screens, and I don't mean like where they they get three of the wide receivers in a bunch package and two of the two of the wide receivers block guys one guy catches it zip 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 first thing at seven or eight yards that that sort of attack you know like the rams do that sort of attack just kills teams like the vikings defenses but we're not a very good wide receiver screen team and uh i think that's something that jefferson could really excel at if we Uh did it well but we we don't do it well so you know i did again like Saying we got to use Cook more, that is a you know Cook's a fa- phenomenal player. But if you're telling teams that that we're going to pound the rock with Cook, well, uh, I think guess Baltimore's what they're going to do. Thank you very yeah, thank you very hey, much. Well, we come on, what, let's let's bring this back up. Let's look at the Ravens D. How are they against rushing? Yeah, fourth. So mm-hmm. does it make sense to go against the fourth? Best rushing defense when they rank 32nd against the pass by running the ball more? Is there any common sense in that? Everybody no, would, everybody is. here is like, no, Dave. Yes, I know. <laughs> That's, now, you've, you've got to run a little bit to keep the dog you do. It's a yin, on defense. It's a yin and yang thing. The balance between the rush and the pass and how all that intermixes and sets up things. But you also take what that defense will give you. And if they're going to give you wide open passes all day, chuck the ball, baby. Chuck the ball, right? And then run when it's convenient. And then when... If there, it's if it's vice versa that you're going up a rock against a rock and sec, uh, secondary, and you cannot complete a pass, then pound a rock. You know, if you have a weak defensive line, pound a rock, get it that way. But we haven't seen that, and to me, it's simple football one on one, and that's what's so frustrating about this team. Football one on one says we've got the picture of the three biggest weapons on our team. Right there on the viewer's right. So, what do you do? You feed them the football. They are the biggest weapons. Part of that is Dalvin Cook. Yes, you feed him the football. But it's all not necessarily all just running. You can also get him involved in the pass game because he's decent at that. Dalvin Cook is fa- fabulous in space. This year, his production's down a little bit. His yards per carrier down a little bit. Uh, part of that's the offensive line. Part of that, I think, is Dalvin is. recovering over his ankle. But when you have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, who could both pop over 100 yards on any given Sunday like it's nothing, and you're throwing to them less times than you're throwing to your fullback, you've got an issue. You do. Uh, I and. 
Jefferson, even though he's he's had a still had a pretty you know his season has been by no means uh, a flop this year. His his numbers are very good. He had a lot of catches. The yardage is good. He hasn't had that like that huge game. I don't think he's been over 100 yards receiving maybe only one time this this season. Uh, so it's been he's he's been getting uh, catching the ball a fair Twice. bit. Not not huge huge. You know, he he hasn't had like a, I guess a Tennessee game, like a, you know one of those huge breakout games like we remember last year, like the hundred and forty. He hasn't had a. Uh, well, he had one hundred and forty against Carolina, in a touchdown, and he had one hundred and thirty-one against much? Arizona. Mm-hmm. But the problem with him is um, he's only at four hundred and forty-four yards. We're seven games complete, four hundred and forty-four. We're after. This weekend's game, we're halfway through. Last year, he had 1,400 yards. There's no way we're on a pace to get him 1,400 yards, even in a 17-game season, if they keep him at, it's an average of, what's the average? I'm trying to remember the average. Whatever 444 divided by 7 is. By 7. Um. But it's under 100, and it's, nope, disregard. I gave you all the wrong numbers. Those were Cook's running numbers. Justin Jefferson has had two. He's got over 550 yards receiving, I think. He's had 566, and he's had two games over 100. One for 124 against Detroit, and one for 118 against Seattle. I apologize, everybody. I was giving you the wrong numbers. Looking at the wrong screen. But it's still at 566 after seven games. And he did um, 1,400 yards last year. You would hope at this point he was closer to 700 yards, I would think. But I'm being picky. What are you? Yeah, well, he he would uh, if you if he hadn't had such a crappy game last game, you know if he, he could was close be. to 100 yards. He he'd be close to that again. But the the Baltimore, uh, you you yes, were showing sir. the numbers, the passing pass uh, defense numbers for the for the Raven. The Baltimore has what I've been reading as I haven't watched all. Of it. I've watched a couple mm-hmm. of the Ravens games. They're on TV, uh, national TV, a fair bit with Lamar. But uh, what I've been reading is that they uh, that that they're their defensive secondary has really been struggling this year containing wide receivers. Well, we got two pretty good ones and KJ Osborne's been pretty, not, not too bad third not number three either. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you would, so th- that should be something we should exploit and not uh, running, uh, handing the ball 30 times to Dalvin cook, especially if it's, it's not working. Uh, We're paying this quarterback working, $35 million to do this. Yeah, if it's working, fine. You know, hey, that's 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 that was a big part of why we beat Green Bay last year because <laughs> Cook had a phenomenal game and the oh, offensive line had a phenomenal game. Forty mile an hour wins, and yes, yeah. So that there there needs to be a way. The offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak has got to shake off the you know, whatever's been happening and come up with the, the game, the winning game plan this week. Am I confident that's going to happen? Not on your life. Uh, but the skilled players are there. Why we're performing like we have, if there's a, I don't, I don't know. Is it, uh, is it a case of, 
nepotism gone awry and uh, we've got <laughs> we've got not a very good OC and inexperienced OC not a very good OC and that's another uh, uh, issue with Zimmers uh, and the in the coaching side of things is that he's the guy that signed off on giving Kubiak the reins to an offense that's got the weapons that we have and what are we seeing right now we're seeing an offense that is not performing up to the standards that you know the cap- its capabilities that's on, on the offensive coordinator it looks like we have a rookie oc yeah it's on the head coach who entrusted a rookie oc <laughs> to do that Harry, and, that's funny yeah yeah so so the, the the offense has got to wake itself up if there's a i don't know what's accounting for this but if uh, Maybe the only saving grace on this is that the Vikings offense has been better on the road this year than they have been at home. Um, so maybe they will come we'll up with uh, come up with a much better performance this week on the road against a Baltimore defense that's going to have a loud crowd to egg them on, and they're going to fire the line of scrimmage with lots of guys, probably you know a lot like what. Dallas did they'll do it different ways but I think they're going to pressure the Vikings offensive line and say okay let's see if you can block some guys again this week because you sure didn't do it last week yeah especially with Bradbury out and Cole playing center um should be interesting Cole has slightly better pass blocking grades from what I understand but he has a problem with snapping the ball so (laughs) which is sort of prerequisite for playing center also, you would think the center, third center on the team, who's the tertiary guy, is Dakota Dozier. He's also out. Same with Bradbury. They're on the COVID list. So that would bump. I would expect to see, for the first time, uh, Davis get um, be active for this game because I think he's the next guy in line. If Cole goes down, I think Wyatt Davis in all of his four snaps in preseason is the next guy. So we'll see. Davis has Davis has been active in some games. Has he He's well for like, special teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. He hasn't played he hasn't played in a, an actual on the offensive line in a in a regular season game yet. And uh I don't know if uh Bradbury is as poorly as he's played I, I read that he's given up 17 pressures this year which is the the most by a, a starting nfl center but like you, you i don't know if like but as badly as he's played i mean this offensive line has played together the whole season as a unit and throwing in cole in there if people are thinking well this is a you know, addition by subtraction. We're getting rid of Bradbury, who is you know probably the weak link. If, if they think it can't get worse, it's the Minnesota Vikings, folks. It can always get that, worse. That, it can always get worse. You could go from uh, like last year. You could go from Dozier to Samia, where, where it did get worse. If mm-hmm. hard to believe, maybe Bradbury to Cole is also worse. Worse, in which case, uh, Brandon Williams is going to have a hell of a lot of fun if he plays for the for the Ravens or whoever's lining up at nose. Oh, speaking of which, let's look at the injury report real quick. Since we're about that time, let me find where it's stuck. Here we go. Boom. All right. Your injury report going into into tomorrow's game is as listed. Anthony Barr is questionable. Michael Pierce, unfortunately, is out. We all wanted to see him. It would have helped against the Ravens' run, which is good. Uh, Has been so far. Cameron Dantzler is questionable. 
And that would mean uh, who would start? Uh, probably Chris Boyd would probably start. Boyd would probably start. You have I stuck Bradbury and Dozier up there for COVID. On the Ravens side, we have Makari. Their guard is doubtful. Latavius Murray, their best running back. Not as explosive as he once was, but he's their best blocker, especially on pass pro, is out. Um, wide receiver Sammy Watkins is questionable. Brandon Williams, their defensive tackle, is questionable. And wide receiver from Minnesota, Rashad Bateman, is questionable. We'll see when we get to tomorrow. What I'd been uh, reading yesterday was that uh, it was kind of sounding like Watkins might not play, but Bateman probably would. Uh, we'll see about that. But I think that, uh, you know, Watkins has been, he's no world beater as a, as a wide receiver, but uh, he's been effective when he's played this year for the Ravens from what I've watched. And, and but uh, they're, they're, they got other, they got other guys besides Watkins that they, they, they focus their offense on, uh, <laughs> which we get into a little bit later as well. But, uh, you know, um, offensively, I think for the Vikings, uh, hate to say it, but this is one of those games where uh, they got to be looking to score in the 30-point range if they want to keep this one close. Um, that's I don't think uh, 16 points is, is, is going to do It's going to be <laughs> enough. Score on the first drive and then not score a single touchdown after that. They can't do that for this game. It won't work. They've got to score touchdowns. And unless they score, unless they kick 20 field goals and make them all, then maybe that, that works. We don't get that many drives. But, oh, no, no. oh, which reminds me, let's look at special teams. Thank you for that quick segue. There's your... There's your special teams ranking. Isn't that fun? <laughs> well, yeah, I I guess that's uh, all four special uh, teams people. That's just not the kickers, but that's all four special teams. No, I think uh, the my when I think about the the Vikings special teams this year, I, I feel that the the punt and kickoff coverage has been has been I've been happy with it compared to last year. Really, there hasn't been any big returns on us at all that I that I True. Can, you know nothing major. I think that uh, the punting Barry has been pretty good. He's done well as far as uh, with, oh, and I want to keep him punts. next year. He's done extremely Come, you know, well. With getting, uh, I almost said the c word when I was saying punt. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does but, cough uh, and corner but, them very well inside the twenty. Um, and yeah, he's he's, he's hit boomers. Pretty well inside the twenty, he's hit boomers. His uh, average so is very good. Very little returns. That part of that part of the returns not only is the height on the kick, but it's also the um, gunners and stuff coming down the team itself to tackle. It's been this year's special teams has been a marked improvement over last two years' special teams. And that is refreshing, even with the occasional miss by Joseph. So, I don't see how DVOA has them, Football Outsiders has them 30th, but they have them at 30th. And, of course, they have Tucker. We aren't getting much. Number one. We aren't. 
Yeah, we aren't getting much uh, on the punt when we return punts and when we return kickoffs, sure. we're not getting much there. So maybe that's part of it. And, and the fact that, that Joseph's misses have been big misses, I don't – maybe that's maybe. why 30th. The Ravens obviously have uh, – they have Jason Tucker, and basically when he kicks a field goal, gets asked to kick a field goal, he makes a field goal. doesn't matter if it's 20 yards, 30 yards, 60 yards, he'll make it. Uh, big advantage there. If the game comes down to a field goal kicker, don't expect Jason Tucker to miss. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, and you talk about kick returns for our team. Hopefully we'll see Wang Chung this weekend. Kene Nwongo yeah, he, returns some kicks. Uh, yeah, with, with, with uh, Zierlein, uh, with all the touchbacks last game, and, the, and they didn't get a lot of kickoff opportunities anyway. Um, yeah, he just – Wang Chung was uh, not – uh, needed, yep. uh, unfortunately. Ball goes over. But we'll we'd like to. We'll be uh, anxiously awaiting his first return kickoff. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. Okay. Maybe he'll break one to the house. Yeah, that would be nice. Now, going on to our last topic, can the Vikings stop Lamar Jackson and his favorite two targets? Well, the, the I wasn't uh, at the beginning of the show. I wasn't giving the, the the Vikings defense this year much credit, but uh, it it is an improved unit over last season. But how couldn't you be? There's, uh, that defense was god awful. But uh, I don't think you know um, the last game that the that the Ravens played. Uh, they got pantsed by the Bengals. Uh, Lamar did not have a very good game. Lamar has a bit of a history, or at least last year, he had a bit of history of putting the ball on the ground. He had five fumbles last year, only one so far this year. Uh, extremely tough, elusive, fast, uh, great uh, open field runner. Can the Vikings stop him? They struggle with, with mobile quarterbacks at the best of times. And, uh, hey, the, the they're not going to – I don't think that they're going to be very – Lamar Jackson's going to give them trouble tomorrow. He gives all defenses trouble. Uh, it's a matter of how much trouble does he give. I think the, you know, the Vikings, Mike Zimmer, uh, whatever you might think of him as the head coach, like you were saying, defensively, the guy's been doing it a long time. He's seen quarterbacks of all shapes and sizes, mobile, not mobile, strong arms, not such a strong arm. Uh, I think he, Different he can come up with, yeah, he can, he knows how to D up a team. And I think that, you know, he'll, he'll have provided the, the, the game plan and laid the groundwork and provided the, the, that sort of thing for the defense. Can we execute, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be tough uh, just because well, Jackson's such a, such a unique player. Well, and uh, they play an offense trying to... most teams in the NFL do not. They play yes. a more option-oriented offense. And most defenses don't play, don't go against an option at all during the season. And option rules are slightly different for the defense. And from what I was hearing that... Uh, since our number one defensive end is now Everson Griffin, Everson has never played the option well. Defensive end has different rules, and it's and it's who you take out 
One's assigned the running back, one's assigned the quarterback. That's basically it. Um, for the option, defensive end should always hit the quarter quarterback, and you should have a linebacker on the running back, and you should always hit him. You just take him out every play. It doesn't matter. Just take him out. You hit him. And uh, whether they got the ball or not, um, it's going to be interesting to see this version of Mike Zimmer's defense with backup players, Everson on one side, Wanham on the other. Hopefully we'll see some Patrick Jones this week. Um as well as Kenny Willickis, and see how they do against that option. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't fear what's going to happen in the middle. I wish Pierce was there; he's better against the block. But I do think the guys have stepped up behind him, Armin Watts, etc. It should be interesting. And but where I'm scared of on this is that's your number one tight end in the league. Who's yeah. going to cover him? We'll usually use a linebacker to shadow um, Lamar. Who's covering Taylor? Isn't it? I got to remember his name. Well, it'll um, be Mark Mark Andrews. Mark um, Andrews, yeah. Andrews is is the t- tight end, a very good one. Uh, you're right. If if uh, a uh, Bar is as you said, there's, there's a question mark. He'd be one guy who'd be either spying Jackson or he'd be covering Andrews. Uh, if he's not playing, then you've got, you're down to what we were at the beginning of the year where you got Kendricks, Vigil playing most of the snaps, and then probably Blake Lynch is your third mm-hmm. guy. In which case, does Vigil, like, you know, is uh, Kendricks going to be covering the tight end? Like, I, I'd put Kendricks do, on or, the tight or, end is how I would yeah. coach it. But it's... And put whoever else is on that other side spying Lamar Jackson. And then Marquise Hollywood Brown is a uh, deep threat. He's a he's a you know pretty good Ass. wide receiver, fast guy. Um, we might not have Dantzler in this game, and but we will have Breland. And Breland's been well, neither of our mostly bad. Are fast. No, no, but uh, I you know. Trey Waynes was really fast, but he, he didn't really do very well covering either. So. <laughs> he was really fast. He just couldn't turn his head. <laughs> but uh, I think that, uh, you know, last week against the Cowboys, there was a lot of big cushion. Uh, the, the Vikings seemed to be pretty scared about C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper beating them over the top. They were seemed to be content with letting things get developed in front of them and letting them catch and then, you know, try to tackle from there and, and force – rush and the Cowboys to grind out long drives. Well, uh, they I suspect they'll probably do the same thing with, with Hollywood Brown, uh, and they're, they're not going to get very physical with him at the line of scrimmage. Uh, they'll let him, uh, they'll be scared about getting beat deep. They'll be scared about giving up big plays both to him and to Lamar Jackson, and I think it's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, try to keep everything in front of you. Uh, don't, don't allow the big plays to happen. Uh, force Baltimore to again grind out drives. Hopefully, they get a couple of penalties uh, called on them, uh, key penalties and drives that uh, put them far in the down and distance situations and and sabotage drives. And you hope that happens a few times, and they you know, and you keep them down into like the mid twenties as far as scoring wise. And then you're then you also need your offense to you score over in the you know in the high 20s mm-hmm. or even 30. I think that that's kind of what you're faced with because Lamar Jackson he's going to get 
outside contain sometimes. He's going to rip off a couple of 20 yard, 20 yard run here. Hopefully, he might hopefully be not a 70 yard. Run there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully not that. But uh, that's going to happen the odd time. And how is the Vikings pass rush? What whether at the whether uh, no matter how elusive a guy is, a quarterback is, if they're getting pressured, it causes them problems. Even Lamar Jackson, um, even somebody like Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Can the Vikings? defensive line right now i think they have 24 sacks which is equal to the amount of sacks they had last year but mm-hmm. they don't have daniel hunter anymore he's gone instead we got dj wanham's gonna play a lot and maybe i don't know who's taking snaps to spell him we got dj Wanham. it's and, either and willa keys or it's gonna be patrick jones as do we you, go back to those are the only that, two we have on the team other than Everson on the other side. End, yeah. So are we back to last year where we couldn't put pressure on the quarterback to save our life? They had all day to throw. That's I, I don't think it's well. going to be quite that bad because we have Dalvin Tomlinson who's put pressure. Remember, he's third in our pressure list. Um, yep, that's right. Up the middle. and uh, So and hopefully it won't be that bad. Pass rusher. I think there will be a drop-off, however, because everybody – focuses on Daniel Hunter as well they should because he's that good. Um, and it's just a shame that he got injured. Ah. Yes, it is. But that's a big, you know, uh, not uh, not really uh, original uh, thinking here. That's a huge, huge loss for the Vikings, a huge defense, a huge, huge loss to their pass rush. And I don't know if that's something that that's something that's going to be a, a major impact that I don't think they're going to be able to um, um, like offset in, well, in other ways. By nobody else requires a double team. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe yeah. No, what if they start double teaming Griff? <laughs> then, but but the other guys can't get it done. Wanham can't generate any pressure. Patrick Jones can't generate any pressure. Willikus can't generate any pressure. From, from the outside, then, you know, big, big, big problems. Like you said, at least we have Tomlinson and Armin Watts to some degree, and even Pierce, at least in the Cincinnati game, they were creating some problems up the middle. Last year, we didn't have that with Jaleel Johnson and Shamara Stefan. There was nothing happening up the middle as far as pressure goes. This year, James Lynch has been doing a little bit of when he's played. And like you said, Tomlinson has been showing up. Armin Watts has been showing up. Um, we'll need them to have big, big games tomorrow, uh, as with a lot of other Viking defenders. Um, because Lamar Jackson, Andrews, and Andrews, uh, that's a... They're a, a very lethal, lethal combination. You would think it would be easy to hone in on the the, the Ravens' pass catchers because they don't have like a like a huge. Uh, they don't have three or four guys that you got to account for. They really Andrews is the main guy, and then Hollywood Brown is kind of. I would right. say and they got Watkins. He's, he's more of a secondary target, and they've got Watkins if he plays, and, and Bateman, who's been doing okay. Um, yeah, it's just. We'll find out. <laughs> we will. We might not be. Very, we, might, we might be not happy with what we what we learn. That's right. All right, it's time to wrap this puppy up. 
What have you got for your prediction? I gave mine on Wednesday, and I say we What was your prediction? Uh, It was, I picked the Ravens to defeat us 28-14. to Oh, um, I think we're going to score a bit more than that, but uh, I I think that uh, I was talking about this with somebody else uh, a couple of days ago, and, you know, uh, the Ravens, like I said, they got pants by Cincinnati Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago in their last game. They've had two weeks to stew about that. They're coming off a bye, so they're well-rested. They're prepped for us. I don't think they're too scared by what they saw from the Vikings on Sunday night, but they are going to be motivated, a motivated team. Uh, they've got to, you know, to keep in the, get, get to six and two, uh-huh. continue to uh, advance and keep their, in a strong playoff position in the AFC. Um, I think this is going to be the first Vikings loss that wasn't, that isn't close that we can say, Oh, they, okay. you know, we've been saying they lost, it but they wasn't lost within a score. Point wasn't within a score. This one's going to be, you've got the Ravens winning by two touchdowns. I think it's going to be more of a 10-point thing, but and it, if the Vikings offense isn't effective, this could be like a blowout type situation. Uh, so I'm going, I think that it's going to be uh, 30, 31-20 for the Ravens. Okay. And the Vikings go to 3-5. And, and the um, Ravens go to 6-2. But even the way things are going now, if the Vikings are to win this game, then uh, things could get very interesting. If you're looking at the teams who are ahead of the Vikings for the wild card, they've got tough games this week too. So uh, a Vikings win and a loss by those other teams, Atlanta, San Francisco, et cetera, et cetera, uh, then the Vikings all of a sudden are in a playoff position again. But I'm and, not expecting that to happen. And theoretically, if the Vikings win seven out of the next ten games, they could win the division. Oh, Dave, please. Theoretically. That's fairy tales. Man. Mathematically. <laughs> but, Mathematic. of course, we can tank. Now, there's two fun facts about this game. You reminded <laughs> me of one, and I just... It went... Um... The second one. I like oh. G-Mac's prediction. Um, what was 154 G-Mac? to 10 for the Oh, Ravens. that won't hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Darren's the optimist. Eh? <laughs> um, one was brought up by Elder Raldo, who popped on earlier. and uh, But it was brought up earlier this week, and I have it in the write-up. The Vikings have played the Baltimore Ravens a total of six times. The record against each other is three and three. In the years that Minnesota won, Minnesota went to the NFC Championship all three years. In the years they lost, their head coach was fired. <laughs> so it's a win-win. Minnesota wins. That's we go right. to the NFC Championship. That's a win. If Minnesota loses and our head coach gets fired, that's a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it stays okay. the same. There we go. What? I, I the, the the thing about uh, this game is that the, the way the Vikings have been this year is is a. Uh, 
kind of when you, I don't know, when I expect them to really flop, they seem to do well, do the, do the opposite. Well, um, is so Kirk Cousins pissed that, off this week? If Kirk Cousins is pissed off, he tends to play better. Well, the whole is he team carrying should that be pissed chip? off. Huh? The whole team should be pissed off with the way. Well, they, they should, but Kirk should have gotten it for his eleven passes behind the line of scrimmage last week and eleven passes short of, you know, within five yards. Crap! And thrown to thrown to C.J. Ham twenty times. That, yes. that sort of stuff. More targets to C.J. Ham than to. Justin Jefferson, you're all pro rookie last year. Anyway, I would, I would, it wouldn't, it would not be a shock for me for the Vikings to, uh, again, win the game and play fairly competently. So making you think that this team has some promise, but I think what we've come to realize is that that promise is false promise it's fool's gold <laughs> and don't fall for it even though we will so of course of course the vikings will win tomorrow somehow but i i, I would i would feel strong more strongly about that if if the ravens hadn't have got pasted by the Bengals two weeks earlier oh uh, that was the other one in, thanks for bringing that up if they were coming in they were coming in riding high i would think that john harbaugh's record off the bye is it like, like zero and thirteen? Sixteen and one. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, well, hey, we got to lose one eventually, I guess. Yeah, make it sixteen and two tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I'm just waiting for the year to end at this point, <laughs> and and do these, do these, just do these shows every Saturday. That's about all I got look to look forward to now. With that, final words? Um, well, I think I was, I was going to say about this earlier that uh, this team is, the Vikings are a painful team to watch this season. It's, it's yes. not really fun. It's not really fun at this, mo- at this point in time to watch the Vikings play. And uh, the, it's been bad when I have turned off the TV in two of the games so far because I was disgusted by the last week was one of those times when I was just like, hey, they can't get anything done. Uh, Dallas is going to come down here and they're going to score a touchdown to win the game, and that's exactly what they did. And the week before, or two weeks before, the Carolina, the the overtime game, turned it off. So it's it's sad when I cannot, even when the Vikings were, or in other years, I could still get enjoyment out of the game for various reasons, even when the Vikings would lose as hard as that might seem to believe but this year even the wins are just unsatisfying so tomorrow's going to be another painful experience i think win or lose (laughs) yes make sure you stock up on your favorite beverage tomorrow and we will be here with the final score right before the end of the game we go live we are your first post-game show in the Vikings blogosphere. Hey, one last thing. I want to give a big shout out to my number one daughter. Uh, She got me for my birthday. It only took a month to get here out being lost in the mail. But I've got a new Vikings hat that happens to be for 
uh, the military version, since it's uh, uh, that month. We have Veterans Day coming up. I appreciate that, Melissa. It warms my heart. Thank you very much. I've been needing a new Vikings hat since Merlin, my Great Dane, ate the last one. Um, (laughs) Anyways, what do we always say? We say skull, baby. Skull! We say thanks to everybody everybody for commenting and showing up. Thank you. Yes. Thanks, guys. You've been great. Skull Vikings! Skull, baby. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.